Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So Joe Biden fell off his bike. I mean, that's 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 what happened. He was he was riding his bike and he came to a stop. I guess there were some reporters there from the video I saw was reporters. And uh, well, he fell. It was pretty clear that his, his right foot got stuck in, in the pedal, right? So you, you've got these shoes. People who do a lot of mountain biking, or a lot of biking in general, I should say, uh, know this. Uh, uh, they've, they've got this way for the shoe to lock into the pedal. But if, it doesn't, if you're not able to twist it out, you're, you're not going to be able to get your balance. You're going the wrong way. You're falling. He fell. Now, in any other circumstance and situation, it's a guy who fell on his bike. It's the president. You're going to pay attention to it. It's Joe Biden. It's once again proving that this guy is not okay. And you say to me, Tony, Tony, it's just just falling off his bike. It's no big deal. Wait a second. We have to follow the new rules. And the new rules state that everything proves that someone is mentally unfit. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, always good to be with you guys. How do I know this? How do I know this? Because Donald Trump once had a little bit of issue going down a ramp. I should say issue. Maybe issue is the wrong word. He was, it, it, it was a ramp. It was a bit of a decline, producer Ari. Decline. And so he was going just a little bit gingerly. Just making sure he had his footing. And that led two days of coverage regarding whether or not there was something wrong with Donald Trump's mental acuity. You see, he's not able to go down the ramp, so clearly he's criminally insane. Now, the man may be criminally insane, but it has nothing to do with going down a ramp. Nothing to do with going down a ramp, but it was days of coverage. It was those first two days, and it's gone on since then. Joe Biden can't walk up a flight of stairs twice. Joe Biden shakes the hands of people who aren't there. Joe Biden looks around. He's like, hey, where's my ice cream? This was Joe Biden with Jill Biden talking to the press when Jill Biden literally interrupts him and says, we got to go. They, they could drill so the hell so won't have it, but they're not doing it, number two. Number three, I think we're going to be in a position where we're going to... The first lady took it upon herself to interrupt the president while he's speaking to the press. You don't think that doesn't make Joe Biden look weak and feeble? Allow me to tell you, it makes Joe Biden look weak and feeble. He can end the press conference. He can walk away and say, thank you very much. She did it. She did it in a very controlling manner, by the way. Uh, Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm sensitive to the issue. It doesn't look good. Joe Biden has giant ice cream cones keeping him away from the press. 
Remember the person dressed up as the ice cream cone or whatever? The Easter bunny. It wasn't an ice cream cone. It was an Easter bunny. But in his head, it was a giant ice cream cone. That's what he fantasizes about. There's something wrong with the man. This is obvious. So when he falls off his bike and you say to me, oh, it was just his foot got caught. It's no big deal. How dare you talk about it? Screw that. Days of coverage and speculation about Trump's mental health because he gingerly walked down a ramp. And maybe I'm being a little too uh, broad with the term gingerly. There is something seriously wrong with Joe Biden. But there's also something seriously wrong with this administration. Especially when you can get commentary like this from Vice President Harris. So we're going to see. I've, I've been convening. I've convened faith leaders. And, you know, for, for those of us of faith, I think that we, we agree, many of us, that there's nothing about this issue that will require anyone to abandon their faith or change their faith. It's simply saying that the government should not have the ability to decide what an individual does with her own body. When it comes to abortion, it's not going to change and not will require anyone to abandon their faith. <laughs> She is the greatest, greatest shield and protection for keeping Biden in office. That he's clearly not okay, but she's just out of her mind. And the polling shows that that's where America is at. Oddly enough, that isn't the subject that really moved me today. It's just... When I saw that he fell, I was like, okay, I saw the video, I clearly see what happened. And then I saw the left say, how dare you say anything about it? You set the rules. And then you claim other people can't live by those rules, they gotta live by a different set of rules. No. No. You set the rules. A guy who walks gingerly down a ramp, that's a guy you can question the, the mental acuity of and the, the fitness of to serve. Joe Biden, with the unlimited number of gaffes and, and ignorant statements and, and physical failings, that's somehow we're supposed to avoid. No, but it actually wasn't the story I was focused on. The story I was focused on is one that I'm not hearing about anywhere. It was hot last week. It was, it was hot. I, I was in Atlanta for a few days. Producer Ari, were you still here or did, were you out of town? Felt like I was on the surface of the sun. So he was here. It was hot, people. Never got this hot in Brooklyn kind of hot. But I was in Atlanta where it was admittedly still hot. But we've had heat before. I think it was hot, but I don't think it was something that was, you know, unprecedented. Yet the story from NBC News is... At least 2,000 cattle are dead in the Kansas heat. And I said, what? 2,000 head of cattle 
are dead, that's... Does anybody else find that peculiar? Find that strange? Find that odd? I mean, it was pretty hot, man. But we have heat all the time. So how all of a sudden are 2,000 head of cattle dead? Uh, Look, I am only asking a question because I not only don't have an answer, I'm bothered by the happening. Kansas is the third largest U.S. cattle state behind Texas and Nebraska. They have more than 2.4 million cattle in feedlots. You've got some water issues in places. Of course, the cost of feed. That's taking place fertilizer and feed. A lot does come from uh, Eastern Europe and, and from Ukraine. Do we have ourselves a problem in the offing that's about to become far more front and center? We've talked about the increased prices in meat. I talked about the fact that we purchased it in my home, a, uh, a chest freezer. So when things are on sale, we're able to load up. Northwest Kansas was at 108 degrees. Western Kansas and down through the panhandle was 110 degrees. They're expecting the weather to be, you know, hot going forward, but lower humidity, which is going to help, which is absolutely true. I don't know, just something about it with with everything we're dealing with and everything we're seeing, something about it struck me as awkward, problematic, that we would see this happen. And, And you know what? I could be absolutely out of my mind wrong. Right, I've got multiple places where this is being blamed on uh, on, on the temperatures, and it, that, that's all it is. And I agree. I guess my question is, do we always have cattle just dropping dead because of the heat? Two thousand of them. Is that is that a signal of something else, or is that a signal of a, of a cattle farmer not maybe doing their job? Or sometimes in intense heat, you're gonna lose some of the cattle. When I'm hearing these stories about food shortages, and uh, allow me to be clear, it's obvious that there are shortages, whether it's uh, people working or whether it's the supply chain issue, etc. It's very very clear. You know, I go back to um, well, this, this was oh, this was actually just uh, over the weekend. Farmers are warning that record diesel prices could lead to food shortages in the U.S. You've got John Boyd Jr., president of the National Black Farmers Association. I didn't know there was a National Black Farmers Association. He was on with our friend uh, Leland Vitter at uh, News Nation. Leland, I think Leland's going to be on the show this week. For so long, we've enjoyed lots of food in this country, so we've never ever faced a food shortage. I think that's coming in the coming months. The average diesel price, five seventy. It's up two dollars and forty cents year over year. And remember, you're talking about truckers. You're talking about how this stuff moves. We're talking. We're not talking about your very fuel efficient vehicle here. We're talking about trucks and semis and 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 those kinds of containers takes a lot of fuel to get from point a to point b 
Therefore, the cost goes up to us. Therefore, the cost of production goes up. And very possibly, you have less production. So, as is stated, if they can't afford to fuel their tractors and therefore can't harvest the crop, uh, you, you have not only a shortage of food for us, you have a shortage of the ingredients that people need for other food items, which means a shortage for us. I, I should be clear, I am not stating that with the cattle anything duplicitous happened. I guess as I think about it now, what... what um, what it's really done is kind of made me say this this food shortage issue is clearly going to going to be a lot worse than we think because we already have these other issues because one thing you know as in and of itself wouldn't be a big deal we can handle things one here one there we're getting a lot at one time this is definitely changing perception and the way people are, are dealing with it which is dealing with less changing their diets and realizing, okay, I can't afford this for the family. Steak is going to become more and more unaffordable. It's ju just the way it is. And the Biden administration still wants you to believe that somehow they've got it all under control. They're, they're convinced of it. This was um, Face the Nation. This is Margaret Brennan talking to brian deese who's one of uh biden's uh money people right economic people and i thought that margaret brennan did an absolutely fantastic job of discussing this inflation problem and when does this end the treasury secretary has said it will stay higher than the originally forecast 4.7 percent when does it come down how much time are you talking about well, prices are unacceptably high right now, and that's why the president has said we need to make this our top economic focus and do everything that we can to get them down. Most independent forecasters, the blue chip, uh, the Federal Reserve, as you say, see inflation beginning to moderate over the course of this year. But our focus is on what are the steps, what are the policies that we can take. And the single most impactful thing that we could do right now is to work with Congress to pass legislation that would lower the costs of things that families are facing right now, like, like prescription now? drugs. We could lower the cost of prescription drugs by allowing Medicare to negotiate better prices. That would actually lower federal spending, and it would lower the cost that people pay. The president said this week in a rare interview that he actually has the votes to do it. Where's the deal? When's the vote? Well, lowering prescription drug costs is one piece. Lowering utility costs by providing tax incentives for energy is another piece. But equally important, lowering the federal deficit mm -hmm. by enacting long overdue tax reform. If we can do a package like that, we can move forward in the near future. It will not only help in lowering prices, but it will send a signal to the markets and the global economy that the United States is really deadly serious about taking on this. Hiking taxes isn't going to change the price of milk. When and how are you actually putting forward this package? I love that line. Hiking taxes isn't going to change the price of milk. And so we understand each other. Stop telling us about prescription drug prices. I am not arguing that it doesn't cost too much for prescription drugs. I am arguing that's not the subject. That gets brought up all the time. Nothing's been done. Little things have been done. It's still going to, for some people, cost too much. But the price of milk is everything. Being able to afford some burger for your family is everything. Where's the plan there? You haven't figured out prescription drug prices 
in decades. So how about you stop telling us about how that's the plan that you have? I don't think that really connects with people. And as we've shown, uh, connecting with people, certainly not the strong suit of the Democrats of today anyway. My problem is Republicans ain't that much better in talking about the issues. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. Not going to lie, monkeypox freaks me out. More freaked by monkeypox than COVID. Do you think that's because monkeypox are visible? You get these giant blisters. And the only way you know that you're no longer contagious is when all the scabs fall off. Like herpes. Well, that was intimate. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. That was producer Ari. Please keep the social distancing alive when you're around producer Ari. Uh, so it's spread, uh, monkeypox is spread, as is described by Rutgers University, through intimate contact. Right? That's how it's done. Um, widespread airborne transmission. Like a sick person infecting a subway car seems extremely unlikely, this according uh, to, to, to Rutgers. They thought that this was gone. They thought that this was gone, but it really has made a level of, of comeback. It is an ugly-looking disease. We've got 140 cases in the United States. Indiana had its uh, first case. You can read that story at WIBC.com. Should you... Um, be concerned well, i think you should be knowledgeable i don't know what i would do to stop it like like what would i do what would i change in my life to stop myself from getting monkeypox right the, the, you know there's there's uh ideas of of prevention you know avoiding contact with animals that could harbor the virus Avoid contact with any material that's been in con- contact with a sick animal. Isolate infected patients who could be an infection for risk for infection. Good hand hygiene. How many times have we seen this? Wash your damn hands, people. That is, that is the key to all things. But when you see something that is eradicated, if you will, and then you see it back, you're like, first I guess it didn't get eradicated. You're like, is this just a cycle of, of things? Is there something else going on? Or have we lost our ability to really keep track of these things? Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. I want to reject the idea that the Indiana Republican Party is in some kind of disarray over the Secretary of State pick. I think that's far more desirous in in a news cycle than in reality. That said, the pick of Diego Morales to be the Secretary of State nominee for the Republicans over the incumbent Holly Sullivan, who was appointed by Governor Eric Holcomb, that is a story. It's undeniably a story. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? Find everything at TonyKatz.com. You should do that immediately, if not sooner. Holly Sullivan 
is the incumbent. She was hand-selected, as one would be hand-selected by the governor, to replace Connie Lawson, who left the position after it was nine years. By the way, Connie Lawson, always lovely to me. Holly Sullivan, I never met, but I was at an event. I was speaking at an event where she was there, and it seemed clear to me, Producer Ari, it seemed clear to me, and I could be wrong, that she was not a fan. Well, I mean, how do you know? Uh, Producer Ari, you ever just know? Oh, <laughs> I know. Yeah, I, I I know. I just want to say for the record, I know. Not 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 a fan. Certainly was not a fan of my talk, which was very, very very direct. But I never I've never met her. I I, I can't say that I have an expertise on on the job that she was doing. Uh, so I'm not going to get into it. So in the uh, how this these things work, you don't there there isn't a. Uh, statewide nominating race, if you will. There, I mean, there's not a primary. The party nominates the nominee in, in the Secretary of State position. So there was a first ballot, and then the, and then there no one selected in the first ballot. Then the second ballot comes, and in the second ballot, Diego Morales upsets the current Secretary of State, Holly Sullivan. Now, I have met Diego Morales twice, and I... Uh, I Seems like a hard worker. Seems like he's out there pushing. Uh, I see. I've seen him at at, at events. It's where it's where I met him. Um, I've never done the interview. I've, I I will do the interview now that he's the the the, the nominee. And the story is uh, about him. He's an immigrant from Guatemala. Uh, you have uh, people like uh, uh, Indiana Public Media saying, uh, has previously pushed the big lie that the 2020 election was stolen from Donald Trump. For utilizing the expression, the big lie, shame on you, Indiana Public Media. What the hell's wrong with you? If you want to say he pushed the idea that the 2020 election was stolen, you feel free. Calling it the big lie is, is trying to denigrate the Holocaust. I'm telling you that. Cut it out. That the political left utilizes that term only proves how disgusting they are try and be better it wouldn't kill you to have a standard criticizing election security does a diego morales saying the state needs to do more to prevent non-citizens from voting and he wants to cut early voting days before the election from 28 to 14 because he thinks we could be more efficient and save taxpayers money. So on, on those things, first things first, I'm not 100% sure what he has said regarding 2020 and, 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 and Trump. I, I have absolutely no clue. If you want to argue there were some shenanigans that should be investigated, I don't know if that's the same thing as saying the election was stolen. If he said, oh, the election was stolen from Trump, Trump should be president, that's a thing. That's absolutely a thing. I'm not, I'm not going to argue otherwise. I just want to know what the man said. Wanting to do more to prevent non-citizens from voting. Why is that? Why is that even a problem? That's something that people should be happy about. As for cutting the number of early voting days, you know that I am am just not a fan of early voting. You hate early voting. It, I think it, I think it creates problems. What what I've also seen is that America has come to accept this thing. America. I, 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 I would argue I'm in the minority. America likes early voting. But it's an interesting thing. He wants to cut the number of days of early voting from 28 to 14. Can we ask why we have 28 early days of voting? 
Is that not allowed? We have 28 because we have 28. Yeah, yeah, but why do we have 28? Why do we have 28 early voting days? Why can't we have 14? Maybe it's 17. Maybe it's 6. Why is it 28? I think there's a question in there. So there's also a story with Morales that Morales who I think was worked with in, in the Pence administration when he was governor. I think it was as, as governor, right? That he got fired by Todd Rokita. Todd Rokita is the attorney general of, of, of Indiana. So that's, that, there, there's an interesting story there. Did he get fired by Rokita? Was he fired by anybody else? Is he, does he, what, what relationship does he have with, with the current administration? Admittedly, it's a little weird. I don't have all the answers. I'm, I'm working on it. Enter the Indiana Democratic Party. The Indiana Democratic Party, never letting a crisis go to waste, decides to jump in the Indiana Democrat statement on the conclusion of the Indiana GOP's Secretary of State Battle Royale. Oh, holy hell. It is a very, very strange statement. Some people, have been, when I brought this up on Twitter, people are like, what are you referring to? For immediate release, Indiana Democratic Party, Mora Kehoe, M-O-I-R-A, or is it Moira? Maybe it's pronounced Moira. Kehoe, K-E-H-O-E. It's got her f- phone number, which I'm not giving out, uh, even though I, this was uh, sent out from uh, the Indems. June 18th, 2022. Indem statement on the conclusion of the Indiana GOP Secretary of State Battle Royale. That's what it is. And it's got the Indems logo on it. I've got people on Twitter saying, uh, what is Tony referring to? I'm referring to this. The Indiana Democratic Party, the organization that advocates for the future of Indiana and its families, today issued the following statement after the Indiana Republican Party selected Diego Morales and its candidate as its candidate. They put and its candidate for Indiana Secretary of State race. Good thing you guys proofread this. With Diego Morales, writes the Indiana Democrats, the Indiana Republican Party has nominated an an individual who was fired from Todd Rokita's office. Yes, Todd Rokita's thinks the 2020 election was a scam, wants every Hoosier voter to prove their U.S. citizenship when they vote, and would cut the state's early voting calendar in half. So now the Indiana Democrats are codifying. And by the way, they say it right. If, if you want to say that Diego Morales thinks the 2020 election was a scam, I think you could say that. Right? I, I think you could say that, and that could be a question that's asked. Wants every Hoosier voter to prove their U.S. citizenship when they vote. And? And? Now, if you want to say to me, well, what he should be wanting is to make sure that every lawful, uh, uh, every, every legal citizen can vote. But that would make the idea that someone could be here and then, you know, not be a citizen and voting. It's another conversation for another day. But to prove it, You mean you, the Indiana Democratic Party, oppose voter ID laws? You don't want people to have to prove that they're citizens to vote. What the hell? You're saying this out loud in a press statement? 
The Democrat running for Secretary of State is Destiny Wells, whom I I, I had put out a tweet that I think she has a chance of winning. And what I really should have said, because some people asked me about it, I think they brought up a solid point. She has a story that I think people will like. She's a mom. She's got a military history. These are things that are attractive to people and will get people to say, oh, tell me more. Now, where is she on policy? She on Twitter told me I was going to love her policies. I invited her to do an interview. Producer Ari, reach out to Destiny Wells, the Democratic candidate for Secretary of State. Get her on the show. Let's do the interview. But when you have the Indiana Democratic Party going on position, going on record with a position so radical that they oppose the idea of Hoosier voters proving their U.S. citizenship when they vote, man, that is pretty damaging to your candidate, in this case, Destiny Wells. They continue, this is what Indiana Democrats mean when we say the Indiana Republican Party has no plans for Indiana's future, just extreme partisanship. Blah, blah, blah. The Indi- Honestly, that's, that's what I say to that line. The Indiana GOP's last-minute smear campaign against Morales not only failed, meaning the Republicans tried to not have him as the nominee. We'll get to that in a second. But with this nomination, write the Indems, quote, the party sprints further away from the Mitch Daniels era and closer to a brand of politics that's unrecognizable to, to Hoosiers. If you read the Indianapolis Business Journal, you'll see in there that Nate Feltman... Nate Feltman, F-E-L-T-M-A-N, the publisher of the IBJ. He's talking about how Mitch Daniels needs to run for governor again, and Indiana needs Mitch. Now, I like Nate quite a bit. I, I like the IBJ. I believe that this is the wrong statement to make. Does Indiana need Mitch, or does Indiana need leadership like Mitch Daniels' leadership? And what we need is a continuing new crop of people who have learned from people like Mitch and will be able to do a better job delivering for Hoosiers. I oppose the idea of the idol worship. Mitch is the only person who can do this job. Sometimes there's only one person who could do the job. I don't like that in politics. And for the record, I'm a fellow of the Mitch Daniels Leadership Foundation. I'm a fan of Mitch. I'm a fan, but I'm also aware that saying that that the soon-to-be outgoing president of Purdue University is the only person who could do the job, which is, by the way, punching Pence and Holcomb directly in the face. So that's my that's that's where I I, I diverge with with uh, Nate Feltman and, and and the IBJ there, and I do that as a friend. I mean, I'd sit down and have a beer with the man, and this is where I'm at. I would do that with anybody who wrote about it. I, I've said this, of course, about Trump as well. Don't tell me Trump is the only guy who can run in 2024. That dog won't hunt. It can't just be one guy. It's got to be a bench the size of Brooklyn. Just an unlimited number of excellent potential candidates who then have to discuss their, their, the issues and have to attract the most attention and, and, and the most votes. That's what I prefer. But when they state the Democratic Party 
saying that the Republicans uh, are, are uh, the party sprints further away from the Mitch Daniels era and closer to a brand of politics that's unrecognizable to Hoosiers. I hear that, and I'm like, oh my gosh, the Democrats are endorsing Mitch Daniels for governor. That's, that's what's happening. Best of luck to any Democrat running for governor because your party just endorsed Mitch Daniels. Hoo-wee. I don't know who wrote this press statement. Oh, Drew Anderson, spokesman for the Indiana Democratic Party. He's the one who's, who's uh, quoted as saying all this. Good, jo- good job, Drew Anderson. You really... Man, nobody else applied for the job. Is that it? Is that basically what I'm here? Okay, fine. I think Morales it could cause a problem for the Republican Party. That is different than whether or not the Republican Party is fractured. I don't buy into that at all. At all. I could see that the Republican Party thought it was going to go one way and it went another. I could see that there's disagreement. Fractured is a very different thing. Fractured is a media terminology, and I see it even from people that I like, hoping that it's the case. I have seen no evidence that it is the case. I've seen no evidence that this party is in some massive amount uh, of, of disarray and that everything's going to fall apart. And the next thing you know, we've got Democrat supermajorities leading the state. I have not seen anything like that. And by the way, neither have you. And if you're like, well, in Indianapolis, Indiana is not just Indianapolis. And it would do Indianapolis some good to recognize that. They're important. They ain't that important. But there's one more spot to this story, one more part to this story. And that is the failure of Holly Sullivan to capture the nomination. So if we want to argue where this this level of disagreement is, some some disagreement or, 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 or movement uh, on the Republican side, it is the pushback against Eric Holcomb. I don't know how the, the, the pushing away of Holly Sullivan isn't purposefully a slap in the face to Eric Holcomb, the governor. I, 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 I'm, 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 not even try, I'm not trying to be rude. I'm, st- I'm stating what I believe is, is, is an obvious bit of, of, of analysis. He picked her. He's the he's the, the incumbent governor. Not choosing her is saying no thanks. Not interested in establishment. Because this thing they're saying about Morales wanting to be focused more on on energy uh, or election security. Peep, that's what's got the party and people interested. And by the way, if you can make a plan for cutting early voting that says we're going to put the money here, we're going to put the money there, we're going to be more efficient, we don't need 28 days, we need 14 days, and we can do this and make sure everybody has a chance to vote, Hoosiers are pretty rational folk. You could sell them on that. Unless, of course, you're a radical that says you don't even need an ID to vote, you don't even have to be a citizen, where the Democratic Party just put themselves... What they could have had as an argument, they just lost through this horrific press statement.
this party is just oh my it, I, I thought with new leadership they'd get better they they did not keep it here i'm tony Katz. So are they going to let us know the decision on Roe v. Wade tomorrow? And the answer is maybe. There were no decisions today because it was the Juneteenth holiday celebrated, right? Federal holiday. So they, they, they didn't have any decisions. And of course, you, the, the, the markets weren't open because of that. So tomorrow they have both opinions and orders coming out. Um, we'll be ready. Either way. And as we discussed, what these pro-abortion fanatics are doing in front of uh, Justice Amy Coney Barrett's house is despicable stuff. And yes, people are worried about the violence. I hope there's none. I have no faith in these people at all. But we'll have it all for you, every bit of it. Find everything at TonyCats.com. I'm Tony Katz. Tomorrow, everyone, take care.